This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. The Saint was a radio adventure program in the States that featured a character, a swashbuckling Robin Hood type, who, in his attempt to help people, remained just one step ahead of the police and the crooks, both of whom he combated. The uh, character was created by author Leslie Charteris. As the program's introduction said, The Saint the alias of Simon Templer, was known to uh, millions of uh, folks from books, magazines, and motion pictures. Vincent Price stars as the uh, character The Saint. What a life he led, best known for his performances in horror films, although his career spanned other genres. He appeared on stage, television, and radio, and in more than 100 films. He has two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, one for motion pictures, one for television. Price occasionally appeared on TV series, well, such as The Batman, as Egghead. <laughs> Known for his iconic voice, uh, Price narrated several animation films, radio dramas, and documentaries. Price was also an art dealer, an art collector, arts consultant, as a matter of fact, with a degree in art history, and he lectured and wrote books in the subject. The Vincent Price Art Museum in East Los Angeles College is named in his honor. He was also a noted gourmet cook. Well, now, let's hear him as the saint in the episode Cupid and the Corpse. The Adventures of the Saint, starring Vincent Price. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes transcribed to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor Vincent Price as... The Saint. You know something, Simon, darling? Some things, Anne. Among them, the fact that you're a very disturbing person. Mm, <laughs> perhaps that's my answer, then. Answer to what, may I ask? Why, you phoned me the moment I returned from Bermuda. I've been wondering why you're going to ply me with a football game, a dinner, and a play. Oh, why not just relax and enjoy it? I'd like to. <laughs> Particularly when I remember that last evening we spent together in Bermuda. Before you had to fly back to the States on some nasty murder business or other. Yes, that was quite an evening, wasn't it? Quite. Do you know you're very beautiful? I've always enjoyed your thinking so, Simon. Well, in as much as I have a tremendous distaste for murder interfering with moonlight, I now intend to take up where we left off. 
that a football game? Oh, well, it'll be a good game. As a matter of fact, it had better be. The trouble I had digging up tickets for it. <laughs> well, here we are, Anne. My, how things have changed since I was in Bermuda. Imagine they're now holding football games in cigar stores instead of stadiums. This happens to be Tony Cartago's little establishment. There's an office inside where Tony conducts his main business, which consists of handling bets and scalping tickets. Oh, you do know the loveliest people, Simon. For which you should offer thanks. We couldn't get any seats to today's game otherwise. Tony has a couple for us. Oh! Well, didn't your mother ever tell you that it's not polite to go running into people that way? I'm terribly sorry. I I didn't see you. My apologies. Not bad. Nice manners, too. I wonder why she came tearing out of Tony's that way. If you're interested, Tony can probably tell you. I wonder where I've seen that girl before. Some harpy's huddle, I imagine. (laughs) Come on, let's go in. Some place. I bet you couldn't buy cigars in here for love or money. Well, I'm not sucker enough to lay odds against that. Uh, the real business is conducted right in here. <laughs> Hiya, Tony. I want you to meet... Simon. <sighs> you better stand back in. My old grandmother would often say, yikes. Yes, I see. He's been shot, hasn't he? I'm afraid so. He's still alive, though. Hey, Tony. Tony, who did it? Can you hear me, Tony? Who gunned you? No, I didn't. Joke. He knows. It's me, Tony. Templar. Who shot you? Don't know. Barnes effect. Bring that. Oh, Simon, is he? He is. Well, there's nothing to do but call the police. Why, Simon, the saint calling in the police on a case? What's happened to you? It's very simple, Anne. I'm much more interested in the beautiful woman. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Well, why don't you call them? Oh, a visitor. Two visitors, darling, a man and a gun. That phone's getting kind of heavy, ain't it, mister? The phone? Oh, yes, yes. Come to think of it, it is kind of heavy at that. I'll take care of it for you. That's better. You know, you're the second person we've met today who should read Emily Post. Don't you know it isn't polite to point at people, particularly with a gun? Shut up. And it's also impolite to tell people. Shut up. Uh, You see what he means, darling. He wants you to shut up. Oh, is that it? I wondered what he was driving at. That's very fun. I'm so glad you liked it. So I have a better routine. It goes like, give me that gun. Oh, you know, but he was picking up. Simon, get up, Simon, get up. You killed him. Oh, no, he's just sleeping. Maybe that gun over his head will learn him a thing or two. But you... Sh- and if you're smart, you won't kick up any fuss. They just as soon kiss you, too. Kiss me? Yeah, with the butt of my gun. Now relax, baby. <laughs> Simon, wake up. Oh, come on, Simon, wake up. Let's leave a later call. Simon. All right, Anne. Hey, what goes on here? We're tied up. Yes. Pete thought we'd be more tractable that way. You know something? He's right. Where are we? 
How'd we get here? Uh, Pete, he's the guy who conked you. And a buddy of his named Louie brought us here. It's a warehouse of some kind. We're in one of the storage bins on the first floor. Uh, Nice. Are we stored away for the winter? No. No, with a little luck, we'll be out of here in five minutes. Mistaken identity, Anne. I'm not Superman. And these ropes are pretty tight and strong. Darling, yours may be, but mine aren't. I've had them loose enough to throw off for 15 minutes. I was just waiting for you to wake up. Well, now, don't tell me you're a superwoman. No. No, I owe it all to dear, sweet Louie. When I looked at him piteously out of my big blue eyes, he just couldn't tie me up too tightly. I worked myself free while you were sleeping soundly in the corner. Never again will I underestimate the persuasive powers of women. (laughs) Now, see what you can do about getting me loose. All right. There's a little knife in my vest pocket that might help. Uh, Vest pocket? Right. Oh, be careful. I'm ticklish. Oh, I've got it. You know, Simon, I just remembered who that girl was we saw running out of Tony's place. Yeah? Who is she? Betty Streeter. She... Ah, there. That fixes up your hands. Thanks. Now, let's have the knife. I'll get my legs loose myself. Here. Betty Streeter, huh? Mm-hmm. The luscious lollipop whose picture's been in the newspapers lately over an engagement or something? Yes, that's right. She's engaged to Jack Landers, an old boyfriend of mine. Oh. Oh, lucky girl. Jack is so handsome and fascinating. That's very interesting. There. The legs are loose. Now, let's see if I can stand up. There. How do you feel? Outside of that bomb burst in my head and the fact that my legs are apparently cut off at the knee. Simon, someone's coming. Slip those ropes over you and lie down on the floor quick. Okay, Simon. When he comes in, make with those baby blues and attract his attention for a minute. I'll be behind the door. And then what? Well, I won't be dealing a hand of canasta. Quiet now. Well, hello, Petey. How do you feel? Fine, baby, fine. Just come back to... Hey, the boyfriend, where is he? Here I am, Pete, with a peachy clean Aha! Now that's what I call more like it. Come on, on your feet. Yeah. I'd better pick up Pete's pop gun. Now let's get out of here. Now that's the first sensible thing you've said today. Let's... What's that noise, Simon? I don't know, but it sounds like my head feels. There's no time to delve into strange noises now, my sweet. Come on, let's go quietly. You know, I wonder if Louie, the other mug, is hanging around. No, no. After Pete searched you and didn't find anything, I heard him say he was going to report to the boss. I guess he's still reporting, then. The place seems deserted. Oh, look, there's the front door. Let's head for it. Well, oh, it's certainly nice to be out of there. Yeah. Hey, what was the name of that girl again, Ed? Girl? Oh, Betty Streeter. Why? Look at the sign on this building. Sign? Simon! It says Streeter's Warehouse. Yeah, that's what it says, doesn't it? Come on, Anne, let's find out what this is all about. Uh, Simon, darling, I thought you were going to call the police. Anne, darling, that was before Petey hit me over the head with his gun barrel. Oh, I was afraid of that. Okay, what's our first stop? First, we find ourselves a nice telephone directory. May I ask why? To find out what street the streeters live on. Yes, who... Anne! Hello, Jack. Remember me? Remember you? Oh, Anne, sweetheart, if you don't think so, get a load of this. 
Jack, that's a rather warm <laughs> greeting after all these years. <laughs> oh, oh yes. Uh, Simon, I, I want you to meet an old friend of mine, Jack Landers. Jack, this is Simon Templer. Glad to see you, Templer. Mm, but not as glad as you are to see you. Yeah. Uh, well, not quite. No. Come on in. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, what are you folks doing here, anyhow? We came to see Betty Streeter. Uh, this is where she lives, isn't it? Betty? Mm. Yes. Remember the girl you're engaged to? <laughs> sure. Run along. She's in the living room with her father. Uh, say, by the way, Landers, uh, have you got a handkerchief? Handkerchief? Yeah, of course. Why? Well, I have heard that misplaced lipstick is a better detonator for atomic blast than plutonium. And before the two gals... Oh, well, maybe you're right, Templar. <laughs> well, Betty... Simon! Holy smoke, what was that? Well, either Betty's involved in a premature explosion or they were shots. Come on, let's see. The living room, Templar, to the left. I'm with you. Stay back, Ann. Betty! Really, oh, Jack, someone shot at us through the window. Dad's hurt. He, he Look was... after Mr. Jack. I'll take care of the guy at the window. Well, be careful, Simon. He may still be out. Now she tells Let me get a crack at him, Templar. Did you get him, Jack? I think I got him in the leg. He stumbled after the first shot, but he got away in that car. Well, now that quiet has descended once again, it might be pertinent to inquire as to the state of Mr. Streeter's health. Oh, it, it's nothing serious. Just a slight flesh wound. A slight wound, is it? Feels like my whole dad blasted arm has been torn off. You any idea who was so interested in perforating the streeter's skin, Mr. Streeter? Yeah, I'll say I have. He was one of... Dad, the... Dad, there's no need to talk like that now. Oh, bastard, Betty, there's no reason for me to hide things. That crook's been trying to chisel in on my warehouse business for over a year. He's taken one of them over already. You couldn't possibly be talking about uh, Duke Raymond, could you? That's right, Templar. He's threatened Mr. Streeter before. Looks as though he sent one of his gunmen around to enforce that threat. Oh, you've got to give in to him, Dad. The next time you won't be so lucky. You ought to realize now that he won't stop at anything. Give in? Nonsense. I hate to sound mercenary, Mr. Streeter, but uh, how much would it be worth to you to get your skirts cleared of Duke Raymond? How much would it be worth? Mm -hmm. Who are you? My name's Simon Templer, if that means anything to you. The saint? I'll confess it. Has that startled you, Miss Streeter? Oh, why, 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 no, not at all. I, I just didn't expect it. Of course, it. after all, only sinners need be frightened by saints. Well, Mr. Streeter, what do you say? Uh, all right, I'll make you an offer. Ten thousand dollars if you get Duke Raymond out of the way. Nothing if you don't. You've just made yourself a deal. Simon, you taking money for a case? Well, juries award damages for broken hearts, Anne. And you have no idea how badly I feel about letting Cupid down. <laughs> Miss Morley, this is our famous riverfront. How do you like it? I don't. Now, there's the spot we're heading for. Do you see it? Well, I see some speedboats moored at a dock, if that's what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Any particular reason for coming here? Mm, the usual reason. We're going for a little boat ride. Uh, how much for the ride, buddy? Uh, Twelve miles south, 12 miles back for a buck. That's fair enough. Come on, Ann, let's get in. You know, the more I think about this, Simon, the crazier I think you are. Why would anyone want to travel 12 miles out into the ocean? To see Duke Raymond, of course. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. uh, he's playing Father Neptune on top of a wave, I presume. Not exactly. You'll see when we get out there. And I'll expect a great big apology for those words when we get back. You mean, if you get back, don't you, Temple? Simon. Yeah, 
I see. That man's here again. Tell me, Petey, my friend, what are you doing here? Are you coming along for a ride? That's right, pal. Uh, you know, after paying a buck for 12 miles out and 12 miles back, I think I've got a right to be particular about the kind of company I have. Well, don't let it bother you, pal. This gun in my hand makes us equals. Besides, you better pay only half a buck. Why only half a dollar, Petey? Because it's cheaper by the dozen, right, Petey? Yeah, yeah, you'll get the idea, pal. You may be going 12 miles out, but I don't think you're ever coming back. Pete, this ride hasn't been very comfortable so far. That gun sticking in my back irritates me. Yeah, it's too bad, isn't it? Uh, sympathetic soul, aren't you? Oh, well, the ride's nearly over. There's Duke Raymond up ahead. That's funny. I don't see anything but an old freighter out there. That's it, lady, the black deuce. The black deuce? Quaint name, isn't it? The quaint ship. Gambling is the special thing. And I always thought that was against the law. That's when you're 12 miles out and you're Duke Raymond, it isn't. You see... Simon, isn't that a cabin cruiser coming up behind us? Yeah, it's coming up fast, too, and no lights on. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. Oh, don't worry, Pete. It's just pulling ahead of us. Yeah, I guess... Hey! Hey, what do you think you're doing? Simon, the boat's turned toward us. Gonna run into it. Look out! You're gonna ram us! You're gonna... How you doing, Ann? Oh, all right. So far. But not much. Just a couple of more strokes will do it. Keep it up. And a girl. Just two more now. Oh, I thought we... We'd never get here. Must have been telepathy. Oh. Wait a minute. I'll, I'll climb on board. Uh, okay, now that does it. Okay, now give me your hand. Okay, Simon. Easy does it. Uh, well, quite an experience, I'd say. Where are we? We're in a speedboat moored to the Black Buse. Reminds me it's time to go to work. Oh, you're, you're not actually going aboard that ship, are you? That was my original intention, wasn't it? Besides, Pete and his boyfriend will drown if I don't get help out to him. Oh, and you've got to earn that $10,000, as I know. Yeah, right as usual, Angel. Now, listen closely. Do you know how to run a speedboat? Yes, yes, I do. Why? Well, I've got a funny idea you're going to have to run one in a very few minutes. Simon Templer, the man Pete was supposed to bring in part in the wet clothes this damp sea air, you know. Where's Pete? The last time I saw him, he was hanging onto a wrecked speedboat a couple of hundred yards away. Hanging onto him? Come on, get down to cases, Templer. What's the racket? Uh, Duke, I have a funny hunch you're going to lay off Streeter's business. Am I? What makes you think so? A possible murder rap? Keep talking, Templer. Tony Cartago was bumped off. Why? You're so smart, you ought to know. Maybe I do. I'd guess it was because he knew too much about bonds. 
bond. Yeah, you know, securities, negotiable ones worth a lot of dough. Where'd you get that idea? From Tony. He talked before he died. He mentioned you and Barn. Tony always talked too much. You talk too much, too. Mm, yeah, I'm beginning to get what you mean. I thought you would. You know, Duke, there you are, sitting behind that desk with a gun in your hand. I wonder. You wonder what? I wonder how you'd look with that desk on top of your... Too bad, Duke. You missed me. Sorry, I can't do the same. Well, imagine that. Duke Raymond sleeping during business hours. You'll never get ahead that way, old boy. Horatio Alger would positively frown upon you. Nice going, Anne. Thank you kindly for picking me up out of the water. If I'd known what was going to happen, I wouldn't have. When I saw you dive off that rail and all those people started shooting at you. Oh, just a necessary unpleasantness, my sweet. I had to get some information from Duke about bonds. Bonds? You going to play the market? Right now I'm playing the field. There's a murder in it. And I'm going to start at Mr. Streeter's warehouse. is over to the left side. Sure, but we're going next door. And just what do you expect to find there, Sherlock? A printing press, of course. There, you see. The Travers Printing Company. Well, I see it, but I can't understand it. How did you know this place was here? And why look for a printer? Tony Cartega told me to look for one just before he died. And as for this place, you remember the thumping noise we heard as we were leaving the warehouse? Why, of course. It was made by a printing press. Sure, that's what I thought. Well, shall we go in? At this hour? It's so dark, nobody will be in there. Two facts would impress me no end. Now, let me see. I should have some keys in my pocket. Why bother? That door's already partially open. You're right. Oh. It's black as pitch in here. You can't risk a light until we're sure it's empty. There's a crack of light over there. Yeah. Seems to come from a doorway into another room. I wonder if... Oh. Oh. What's the matter? I, I hit my foot against something. Something soft. You don't say. Suppose you look up at the ceiling while I shine this pencil flash down. <gasps> oh, Simon. Perfectly expressed. He's dead, isn't he? Well, if he's not, he ought to be. He's been tied up, gagged, strangled, and shot in the leg. Who is he? I think he's the gentleman who tried to kill Mr. Streeter. Well, how do you... Because Jack shot him in the leg, remember? It's probably Mr. Travers, the printer. He... What is it, Simon? Why'd you turn off the light? Because that light in the other room just went out, and I hate to be a nonconformist. Where are you going? I'm going to step over there and see what's up. Oh, be careful. Simon! Simon, are you all right? I'm not sure, but I'll risk it. I'm going after him. Oh, look out, Simon. He's a killer. <laughs> What's wrong? Whoever it was locked and bolted this door, I'll have to kick it down. Watch it. Someone may still be in there. You have the most pessimistic thoughts. Now, wait till I find the light switch. Well, nobody's here. 
He must have gone out that window. And if I hadn't been idiot enough to bump into something in the dark, this case might have been over by now. Either that or you'd have been dead. I... That funny hissing sound. That? It's the flame under that lead pot over there. What's cooking? Oh, printers use them to melt their old linotype slugs in. Yes, but why would that be going now? Do you think the killer left... There was a reason I wanted you along tonight. You've just hit it. There's the type. Yes. And see those engraved copper and zinc plates on that work table? Mm -hmm. If we'd come in a few minutes later, they'd have been in that lead pot. But what are they? Oh, not so good at reading upside down and backwards, but... Uh, 6% debentures, state of secured highway taxes. So that's it, what? Would you mind explaining, Simon? Later, darling. First, I've got a little surprise party to prepare. Surprise party? Yeah, as soon as I remove the handkerchief gag from Mr. Travers, send a message to Duke Raymond and make a few phone calls, we'll go to the scene of the party. How nice. Now, what's going to happen there? What usually happens at a surprise party? Oh, don't tell me. I know. One very foxy murderer is going to get a great big surprise. So the surprise party is going to be at Tony Cartago's place. Right you are, Anne. There it is now. What's going to happen, Simon? All I know is that you called a lot of people in a disguised voice and told them something about Bonds and Tony. Why? Well, if you'll look inside the cigar store, what do you see? Well, there's a light inside. Correct. That must mean one of the guests has arrived. Look quiet as we go in. I want to see if that's an early bird or a worm. Seems to be awfully busy looking for something. Let's help the poor soul find it. Hello, Betty. Oh. What's the matter, Betty? Looking for some bonds? Bonds? Uh, the ones you were called about this morning? Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Not that, Betty. That'll never do. However, I wasn't the one who called you this morning. How did you know about that? Hey, will you join the party? Jack. Hello, dear. All right, Templar, what's this all about? Hello, gentlemen. Nice of you to come, Mr. Streeter. Jack, I was just talking to Betty about that phone call of this morning. What did you call her say, Betty? Something about your father's life being endangered over some bonds and that you'd better get down here fast to save him? My life in danger? What kind of nonsense is that? It wasn't nonsense to Betty. She came down here all right. We walked in right after Betty left and found Tony Cartago dead. Now, just a minute. You're making a pretty dangerous accusation there, Templar. Happens to be true. Mr. Streeter, Duke Raymond forced you to sell him that warehouse next to the Travers Printing Company, didn't he? Yes. And it took a lot of force. He ruined the business by destroying merchandise, wrecking trucks, usual racketeering methods. I had to sell to stop losing money. Maybe you better not talk so much, Streeter. Yeah. Maybe it won't be healthy. Well, 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 more gas. Duke Raymond and tea. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Sapper. What gives here? Well, now, that's a rather silly question, Duke. You came here looking for bonds, didn't you? So your message was a frame, huh, chum? Only in a manner of speaking, chum. Someone in this room owed you money from gambling, didn't they, Duke? And promised to pay in negotiable securities to be left until called for here at Tony Cartago's. Your story, Templar, keep talking. But when Pete came to pick up the bonds for you, they were missing, and Tony was dead. It's lucky for you, too. If you tried to sell those bonds, you'd have been arrested. They were forgeries. 
Police? You sure about that? I know it, and I can prove it. Surprise, surprise, surprise. What do you think of your gambling friend now, Duke? That dirty double-crosser. With all that dough in the family, too. Oh, loud down, Rat is gonna go. No, you don't, Duke. Stop right there. Simon, he's got a gun. Jan, I was thinking the same thing. Jack. Oh, no, Jack, not you. Pretty sharp, aren't you, Templer? Got it all figured out. Oh, I've been known to get around, Landers. Anyway, it was rather obvious. Particularly after you kissed Anne. After he kissed me? What did that have to do with it? Well, you see, Anne... I got something to say first. (laughs) He's dead. Yes, good old Pete. He never misses. There, there, my dear. Thanks for keeping him busy while I went for my gun, Tim. Oh, think nothing of it, Pete. And to show my appreciation... Here. What? What's the big idea, Uh, Duke? Let's not be hasty, shall we? I've got a gun, too. The one I borrowed from you aboard your ship. Get on the phone, Ann. Call the police. You bet, Simon. Right away. It's for you, Mr. Streeter. Get out your checkbook. The amount is 10000 payable to your favorite charity. Your friend Duke Raymond won't bother you again for a long, long time. <laughs> No, thank you, Simon. I suppose I should thank you for a lovely day. Mm, It had its points, but the football game might have been more exciting. I doubt it, but I still need some answers. Don't you see, Anne? Jack was terrified when he couldn't pay Duke the huge gambling debt he owed him. So he hit on the idea of forging bonds. He had Travers print them. But I still don't understand why he killed Travers. He had to make sure that Travers wouldn't talk. So when Jack went to the print shop to destroy the evidence of the forged plates, he destroyed Travers, too. Yes, but why was Tony killed? Tony held the bonds for Duke. But when he discovered they were forged, he called the streeter home. Yes. Betty got the message and hurried down to see what it was all about. She thought Tony was talking about her father. And Jack was there, overheard the conversation, and beat her to Tony. Right. And he tried to kill us with a cruiser to stop us from getting Duke's store. Mm-hmm. He's a busy little man. Okay, mastermind. I guess I've got it. Except for that crack about the kiss. How come you knew Jack Landers was guilty because he kissed me? Lipstick, Anne. What? Lipstick? Yeah. You see, after you kissed him, he had lipstick all over his face. When I called it to his attention, he wiped it off with his handkerchief. And the handkerchief that gagged Travers had lipstick on it, too. Oh. And to think that just because he kissed me, he's dead. I wouldn't feel that way about it if I were you. Your kisses wouldn't kill anyone, and I can prove it. Can you, Simon? Sure. What? There, you see? I guess you're right. Oh, please don't agree so quickly, Anne. Why not? I'm seriously considering making a lifetime work out of proving it. You've been listening to another transcribed adventure of the saint, the Robin Hood of modern crime. Now here's our star, Vincent Price. Ladies and gentlemen, in tonight's cast, you heard Shirley Mitchell... Barbara Eiler, Jack Moyles, Tom Brown, Edmund McDonald, and Anthony Barrett. This is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at this same time for another exciting adventure of the Saints. Good night. Stay tuned for The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet next on Theater of the Mind.
Time now for The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, and a show that first aired in 1951. Hello, folks. This is Harriet Nelson. The weather's sure getting nice lately, isn't it? Nice weather for strolling in the park or rowing on the lake or for just sitting around the house taking it easy and having a nice leisurely snack. Meaning, of course, Heinz cream of tomato soup. Because it's Heinz. The H.J. Heinz Company, makers of 57 varieties of fine foods for 80 years, present the amusing transcribed adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, starring America's favorite young couple, Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. Pretty quiet around the Nelson house this afternoon. I wonder where the family is. Oh, there they are in the living room. David and Ricky are taping up an old baseball bat. And there's Ozzy sprawled out on the couch reading the paper. Oh, I don't see Harriet, though. Hey, what happened to this living room? Oh, hi, Mom. What do you mean, what happened to it? It looks like a cyclone struck it. What's this? Well, that's what I'd like to know. Look at this room. Things all over the place. I leave the house for five minutes and look what happens. Your mother's absolutely right, boys. Place looks like a mess. Come on now, pick up these things of yours. Papa! Go on now, I'm reading. Whose old jacket is this? Not mine. Not mine. Well, it certainly isn't mine. Ozzy? Ozzy? Hmm? Does this jacket belong to you by any chance? Oh, yes. Where'd you find that? Right here on my good chair. Ricky, were you wearing my jacket this morning? No, sir. And who belongs to these wool socks? Not me. Not me. I'm afraid they're a little too big for me. <laughs> Ozzy. Hmm? Oh, I'm sorry. What is it? I think it's an old pair of socks. Oh, yes. They're my good golfing socks. Where'd you find those? Under my good chair. Ricky, were you playing hide-and-seek with my golf socks? Heck no. And who had an extra cup of coffee? Not me. I wish I could say yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I guess I did, Harriet. <laughs> As I'm guilty this time. This time? <laughs> Look, it's not bad enough to have a cup and saucer around the living room. There's still half the coffee in it. Half? But I hardly drank any of it. Ricky, did you by any chance... Not me, Pop. I'm not allowed to drink coffee. You sure you didn't drink any of it? Honest, Pop. It had too much sugar in it. <laughs> okay. And look at these papers scattered all over here. We have looked at them, Mom. <laughs> so I gather. Well, who was looking at them last? Not me. Not me. And I know I will. Okay, Harriet, will you stop accusing me? <laughs> I'm not accusing you. 
just that all the evidence seems to point in your direction. Goodness sakes, can't a man relax in his own home? Of course. Okay, I left my coat on the chair. Is that so terrible? And a pair of socks on the floor. And a, a coffee cup on the table. And, and a few newspapers scattered around. Go on. What do you mean, go on? And mud tracks all over the hall rug and ties hanging on the back of the chair. Shall I go on? That won't be necessary. I get the point. Let this be a good lesson to you, boys. What do you mean, Pa? It's simple, David. If you're going to mess up the house, you better do it in somebody else's. <laughs> that isn't exactly what I had in mind. You guys are going to get married one of these days. You might as well learn now that a woman is always right. Not always. Only when the man is wrong. <laughs> I suppose I was wrong. I saw this in a movie once. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, this man and his wife had a big argument. We're not having a big argument. Of course not. There's nothing to argue about. Your father has to stop leaving his things lying around the house, and that's all there is to it. And your mother has to start letting me enjoy life a little, and that's all there is to it. In the movie, there was a lot more to it. <laughs> well, that's the movie. I realize that I'm not destined to win, so I'm just going quietly out the front door. That's known as taking the easy way out. In the movie, the man took this blonde out. Never mind. <laughs> it was a good picture, boy. Okay, okay. She sure was a good-looking blonde, too. Well, I'll, I'll, see, I'll see you later. Hey, wait a minute. How about straightening some of this up? Okay, what would you like me to do? Well, you can put your coat away and here are your socks. And on your way out, you can drop this cup and saucer off at the kitchen. Is there anything else? Well, as long as you ask me, yes, there is. If you're going downtown, do you mind if I suggest that you get yourself a haircut? No, I don't mind at all. Then I do suggest it. However, don't be too surprised if I don't follow your suggestion. Oh, but you really do need a haircut. Harriet, there are certain little decisions a man likes to make for himself. <laughs> I'll get a haircut when I feel like it, and I don't happen to feel like it this afternoon. Okay, you're next, Mr. Nelson. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Sorry to keep you waiting. It's been busy like this all afternoon. Oh, that's fine. I guess hair must be growing faster now that summer's almost here. Yeah, I guess so. Well, sit right down. Terribly sorry you had to wait. As I say, it's been busy like this all afternoon. Oh, that's perfectly all right. You sure now? You, you seem a little upset. Oh, no, no. It isn't about that, Bob. Oh, well, that's good. Or is it bad? Ah, uh, it's just one of life's little problems. What, uh, what seems to be wearing you? Well, it's my... Well, that is, it's, uh, it's this, uh, this friend of mine. You mean he's trying to move in on you? No, 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 no. It's, uh... Well, you see, uh... Well, this fellow's wife has been nagging him. If he leaves his coat on a chair or his socks on the floor, anything at all, she makes life miserable for him. Oh, that's bad. I used to have the same trouble. That is, a friend of mine used to. <laughs> what do you mean, used to? Well, you don't think he'd let a thing like that go on, do you? Well, how could he stop it? Well, I don't know about your friend, but my friend just plain put his foot down. He showed her who was boss. 
Oh, yeah, but that doesn't always work. It's always worth a try. You just can't sit around and take it. You've got to be a man of action. Oh, I suppose so. Now, this friend of mine, his wife wanted children, lots of them. I would have kept him broke, supporting them all, so he asserted himself. One child, that's all, he said. And, and it worked, huh? Well, it would have. Only his wife came home from the hospital with twins. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, that's right. I haven't seen you in quite a while, have I? Here, have a couple of cigars on me. Now, wait a minute, you... <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid so. <laughs> Can I help it if I do things in a big way? <laughs> I guess not Here, yeah, they're good cigars No, 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 that's okay well, Go ahead, they're imported Well, I'm sure they're very good, but to tell you the truth, I don't smoke cigars Believe me, Mr. Nelson, these are fine smokes I'll just put a couple in your coat pocket And here's another one for good luck Yeah, okay And remember to tell your friend my advice Don't let them be pushed around it's his home just as much as his wife's. Well, yeah, I know. Be a man of action like me. You'll get results. Well, those aren't exactly the kind of results that, well, that, is, that my friend is looking for. <laughs> well, no matter what results you're looking for, I always say a man has got to assert himself every once in a while. Yeah, I guess you're right at that. Hey, are you sure you want a haircut? Of course, I'm happy to get the business, but you don't really need one. Oh, well, I, I might as well. My wife, I mean, that is, uh, I, I like it kind of short in the warm weather. Okay, you're the doctor. Ozzy, just us, Mom. Boy, some sure smells good. Oh, thank you. We're having lamb tonight. Oh, boy. And I baked a nice apple pie, too. Are we having company for dinner? No, dear. I just thought I'd give your father a special treat this evening. How come? Oh, I just think I was a little unfair to him this afternoon. I want to try and make it up to him. Do you need any help, Mom? Well, it would be nice if you boys went out of your way to make him feel right at home. Well, should we start scattering the newspapers around? <laughs> no, I don't think we need to go that far. We'll just bring him his slippers and make him comfortable. After all, a man's home is his castle. Oh, don't worry, Mom. We'll treat him like a king. Harriet? In the living room, dear. Hi, Pop. Oh, hello, fellas. Sit down, Pop. Make yourself homely. <laughs> oh, thank you. We're having your favorite dinner tonight. Leg of lamb. Oh, that's fine. And apple pie, too. Oh, sounds very good. Why don't you relax on the sofa, dear? Put your feet up. I think I'd better warn you, I took the shortcut and tracked quite a bit of mud in on the hall rug. Oh, that's perfectly all right. I'll clean it later. I'll do it for you, Mom. Let me do it. No, never mind, boys. Why don't you hang up your father's coat for him? Oh, sure. I'll help you take it off, Pop. Well, no, that won't be Careful, it. Ricky, you dropped something. Hey, where'd you get the cigars, Pop? What's that? A couple of cigars. Oh, 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 it was just the... Well, uh... Ozzy, I didn't know you smoked cigars. Well, no, I, I don't. I don't mind them, honestly. Well, that's very nice. Oh, for goodness sakes, dear, this is silly. If you want to smoke a cigar now and then, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do it right in your own home. <laughs> Harriet, you've never seen me smoke a cigar, have you? I know it. I shouldn't wonder that you'd be afraid to after the way I've been fussing at you lately. I wish I could smoke one, boy. <laughs> Ricky, you give that to me And get me a match Golly, are you going to smoke it, Mom? <laughs> of course, 
course not. Your father is. Now, now, wait a minute, Harriet. Here's your slippers, Pop. Well, this looks like a beautiful cigar. But, Harriet, I don't smoke cigars. Honestly, I don't. I'll even light it for you. There, how's that for service? Well, that's fine. (laughs) Donnie, look at all the smoke. Well... How is it, Pop? It's fine, David. It's... I better see about the leg of lamb. Gee, are you all right, Pop? Sounds like something stuck in his throat. Maybe it's a cigar. Excuse me, boys. Tell your mother, I just stepped out with some fresh air. sure we all know lots of men who are just naturally the cigar-smoking type. Unfortunately, however, Ozzie Nelson is not one of them. Look at him, staggering down the front steps with the smoldering cheroot hanging limply between his fingers. He stares thoughtfully at the cigar for a moment. He glances back at the house. Now he looks at the cigar again. He looks back at the house. He looks at the cigar. He takes a firm grip on it. He looks back at the house and then at the street. Now he's winding up for the pitch. Hey, huh? Oh, oh, hello, Thorny. What are you doing? Uh, uh, nothing. Hey, since when did you start smoking cigars? No, I haven't. Uh, this was forced on me by my barber. His wife just had twins. Now, if you stand back, I'm going to see how far I can throw it. But, Oz, that's practically a whole cigar. Give me room, Thorny. But you can't throw that away. You've hardly smoked it. Thorny, this is strictly a matter of self-defense. A cigar happens to be stronger than I am. (laughs) Now, just a sec. Oh, my arm. You can't throw away that cigar. I can if you let me go. Be reasonable, Oz. It was a gift from your barber. If you don't want it, you had no right to accept it. I had no choice. I couldn't insult the man. Besides, he had a razor in his hand. Well, I enjoy a cigar now and then. Fine. Here you are, Thorne. He gave me three of them, and I'll be very happy to let you have the other two. Oh, thanks, Oz. Now, you're welcome to them, I can assure you. I think I'll smoke one right now. Catherine doesn't care much for cigars. Well, I hope not. No, I mean, she doesn't like the smell of them. Personally, I find a good cigar very satisfying. Harriet certainly doesn't object to them. She practically jammed this one down my throat. Well, she's very thoughtful of her. I'm glad you think so. Oh, it is. There aren't many women who would allow their husbands to smoke cigars in the house, much less encourage it. Now, look, Thorny, in the first place, it was all a mistake. Harriet found the cigars in my coat pocket and jumped to the wrong conclusion. So now I suppose you're going to take the bloom off a thoughtful gesture by telling her that you don't like cigars. Well, of course I'm going to tell her. Why shouldn't I? If I were you, I'd walk back in the house with that half-smoked cigar and at least let Harriet have the pleasure of thinking you're enjoying yourself. Well, yes, I suppose I could do that. Why, certainly. You don't want her to feel ridiculous. After all, she was only trying to make you feel comfortable in your own home. Well, that's true. I must admit I have been a bit unreasonable lately. Messing up the house, leaving stuff around. You know, women like things neat and tidy, especially Harriet. Say, I'll tell you, why don't you hurry back to the barbershop and get a shine and a manicure? 
Oh, I, I don't think that's necessary. No, but maybe I'd get a few more cigars out of it. Ozzy? Oh, yes, dear. I was just outside enjoying my cigar. But I told you, you don't have to go outside to smoke. Oh, I, I know that. I was just talking to Thorny. You know, a cigar makes you look very masculine and mature. It's really quite becoming. Oh, thank you. I, I'm glad you like it. Gives you a certain air of confidence and assurance. It gives me a certain air, all right. There's... Here you are, Mom. Well, that was quick work, David. What's this? A little surprise for you, dear. I hope you like them. Oh, boy, a whole box of cigars. Yeah, have one, Pa. The boys just ran down to the store and got them. Are they the right brand? They're the same kind you're smoking. Well, how would... I, I mean, yes, I, I guess they, they look fine. Sit down and enjoy a cigar, dear. Dinner's not quite ready. Sure, sit down. Relax, Pa. Okay, stop pushing. <laughs> Say, this looks like a nice one. Here's the ashtray. Here's another cigar. Oh, wait a minute. I just started to smoke this one. Well, you haven't even lit it yet. Well, anticipating the smoke is one of the pleasures of smoking. I'll light it for you. I do? I'll go see about dinner. Are you comfortable, Pa? Yes, David. Uh... Why don't you open a window, David Gate? <laughs> getting a little stuffy in here. How about another cigar, Pop? No, I've got one in my hand, Vicky. You haven't got one in your other hand. I'm using that to fan away. Thank you, one cigar is plenty. The sooner you smoke them, the sooner you get another box. Believe me, Ricky, I appreciate your interest in my happiness. We get prizes for the wrappers. Oh, so that's it If we get 50 cigar bands, we get a catcher's mitt Kind of thought there was a catch in there somewhere Yeah, they got a lot of neat stuff there Oh, that's nice How long will it take you to smoke 50 cigars? Uh, quite a while, I'm afraid Look, fellas, if you'll excuse me for a minute I want to run over and have a word with Mr. Thornberry I put some cigars in your coat pocket if you want to smoke Oh, thanks, David Save the wrappers Yes, yes, I will Tell your mother I'll be back in a few minutes Okay, Pa Hey, wait a minute. What's the matter? Don't forget your cigar. Oh, uh, uh just uh, toss it out the window. I'll pick it up as I walk by. Oh, hello, Oz. Thorny, would you step out here for a moment, please? Okay. What's up? My blood pressure. You and your ideas. I've done something wrong? Thorny, what always happens when I take your advice? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and it happened again. What happened? Remember you told me to pretend I really like cigars so Harriet's feelings wouldn't get hurt? Yeah. She just gave me a whole box of them. Now what do I do? Well, that doesn't sound like much of a hardship to me. Well, it is to me. Now, every time I open my mouth, somebody sticks a cigar in it. As I see it, you haven't got much of a problem at all. You have a box of cigars, and you don't like cigars. Am I right? Go on. Well, since I'm your best friend, I'm going to be a big man 
and take them off your hands. You're welcome to them. Here, you can have all these in my pocket. Oh, thanks. Got a match? Here. Yeah, these cigars are very nice. I've always said it's an ill wind that blows nobody good. Please blow the ill wind somewhere else, will you, son? <laughs> seem to eat very much dinner. Oh, I had plenty, thanks. Okay, dear, go ahead. What do you mean? Oh, stop pretending. I know you're dying to get in the other room and have a cigar. No, 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 no. It, it, it's very nice just to sit here at the table. Come on, Pop, have a cigar. Look, Ricky, I'll buy you a catcher's mitt. <laughs> Harriet, boys, there's something I'd like to tell you. Yes, I know, dear. You want a cigar. No, I don't want a cigar. David, get your father a cigar. Here's three of them. But, Harriet, honestly, I don't want a Ricky, for goodness sake, you want to choke me? <laughs> Go on, have a smoke, Pop. Okay, okay. You see, if you don't have an after-dinner cigar, you're irritable. I am not irritable. I'm very cheerful. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one, Pop. Oh, I'll get it. Do you want your slippers, dear? No, no, thank you, Harriet. I'm fine. Uh, good evening, everybody. I hope I didn't interrupt your dinner. Oh. Hello, Dr. Hello, Brown. Doctor. No, we just finished. Oh, fine. I dropped by mainly to see you, Mr. Nelson. Me? Yes. Uh, Mr. Thornberry's a very good friend of yours, isn't he? Yes, that's right. Uh, something wrong with Thorny, Doctor? Oh, nothing too serious. His wife asked me to stop in and have a look at him. Is he sick? Well, he was when I looked at him. <laughs> his face had a greenish tinge. His eyes were rather glassy. He seemed upset and didn't have much of an appetite. Say, that, that sounds serious to me. Oh, not really. I'm afraid Mr. Thornberry's just been smoking too much. Thorny, he hardly ever smokes. Well, evidently, he's been doing quite a bit of it lately. I thought Mr. Nelson could kind of keep an eye on him and see that he cuts down on the cigars. Well, I'll try. Well, he promised to quit, but I think he'll be all right if he just tapers off. Well, I'll, I'll uh, sure do what I can. <coughs> well, fine, Mr. Nelson. I knew you'd be glad to help. Oh, sure. <coughs> now, I'll be running along now. I'm happy you told us, Doctor. Yes, you've got to watch that smoking. <coughs> you better do something about that cold, Mr. Nelson. Oh, this isn't exactly a cold. <coughs> Well, sounds pretty bad. Hey, let's have a look at you here in the light. I think I'm looking pretty green. What is it, Doctor? How have you been feeling lately, Mr. Nelson? Uh, not too good. Like I say, I, I've been kind of green and, 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 and sort of upset and uh, I haven't had much of an appetite. <coughs> oh, this cough. <coughs> what do you think, Doctor? Doctor, do you think he's just been smoking too much? Smoking? Mr. Nelson doesn't smoke. Oh, but I, but I have been lately. <coughs> well, in that case, I'd say Mrs. Nelson was quite right. He, you and Mr. Thornberry seem to have the same symptoms. You mean then you think I, I ought to quit smoking my cigars? Oh, we don't have to be that drastic. I'm sure you're not a heavy smoker. Oh, I don't know. I got that box of cigars today. You can see for yourself it's almost half empty. Oh, Ozzy. Well, that's going at it pretty strong, Mr. Nelson. Well, when I smoke, I really smoke. <laughs> I think it'd be best if I just quit. Well, it's not as easy as it sounds, you know. 
Uh, why not just limit yourself to three or four a day? No, sir. I've decided to quit smoking, and I'll stick to it. Well, do you really want to quit, Ozzy? Believe me, Harriet, I haven't the faintest desire to light a cigar. Well, it seems a shame to waste all the rest of those cigars, though. <laughs> really nothing better than a good cigar now and then. Well, why don't you take them, Dr. Brown? Oh, oh I couldn't do that. <laughs> Still, it might be best to remove any temptation. Well, sure. <laughs> Go ahead, take them, Doctor. Well, I will. Uh, thank you very much. That's perfectly all right. You mind if I light one up? No, no, no. Go right ahead. <laughs> well... I'll be running along. I think you'll be all right now, Mr. Nelson. I'm sure I will, thanks, Doctor. Oh, thanks again for the cigar. Don't mention it. Aren't you ashamed of yourself? What do you mean? You didn't fool me in the least. You were just trying to find an excuse to give up smoking those cigars. Oh, Harriet, why should I suddenly give up smoking cigars after all these years? You never smoked one before in your life, and you know it. Well, you said so yourself. I figured you wouldn't want cigar ashes around the house, so I've been a sneaky smoker. Isn't that what you said? Look, dear, we've been married for 15 years. The first thing a wife learns is to go through her husband's pockets, and I've never found a cigar there yet. <laughs> well, then why did you insist? Oh, never mind. Come on, you can help me with the dishes. Okay, uh, just a minute. Hey, where'd you get that cigar? You don't think I gave them all to Dr. Brown, do you? Confidentially, I'm beginning to like them. Uh, say, Harriet, as long as I'm smoking cigars now, would you pick up a few things for me when you go downtown? Of course. What do you want me to get? Oh, some more cigars, a smoking jacket, and a humidor. Let's see now. Okay. Cigars, smoking jacket, humidor, and hiking boots. Hiking boots? Well, certainly. You don't think you're going to smoke those cigars in the house, do you? <laughs> Heinz Company and starring Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. And remember, Heinz soups are condensed. You get twice as much soup by adding an equal part of milk or water. That suits me fine. Me too. I like a lot, boy. Appearing in support of Ozzie and Harriet were their two sons, David and Ricky Nelson, John Brown, Frank Nelson, Herb Vigran, and yours truly, Vern Smith. Original music was composed and conducted by Billy May. So long, folks. This is Ozzie saying goodnight for the four Nelsons and the 57 Varieties. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Mr. District Attorney, followed by the Red Skelton Show. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. 
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.